0: If we want to list every way Spreaker can help podcast publishers, well... We need a podcast of our own. Whether you're in charge of long-running series with extensive backlogs or countless limited series, you can organize and monetize your entire catalog with Spreaker. With Spreaker's customizable publisher plan, you can add collaborators, analyze extensive listener analytics, and even share exclusive content through custom RSS feeds. And that's just for starters. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S P R E A K E R.com. Welcome to the porch. I'm Richard Grund. We're here every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Firefall Talk Radio, only place you can hear us live. You can also download download I don't know what download is download the podcast and uh, listen to it later. Take notes, follow it along a little deeper. You can share it. We're archived here on Spreaker as well as Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So welcome to all those listeners. Welcome to you. This is where we get back to basics. And in 2020, we are focusing our teaching on the remnant. We're following the example of the Book of Acts Church, which was just the church at the time. But now they are an example for the remnant. I don't believe that what I'm teaching here, or have been teaching on the porch, has been for the church at large. I've learned along the way that people want their ears tickled. They want a message that uplifts, edifies, but doesn't tell them the truth. You can still uplift and edify and tell the truth. And I believe we do that here, but we don't pull any punches. We don't water it down. The porch was created with the concept of community and commitment. Restoring the priesthood, I'm going to tell you right now that I am very much, with all these notes and all these pages, the Lord made some massive changes just before I hit the play button to come on the air. So my brain is still spinning around that, so forgive me here. But when I created the porch... In January of 2000, it was to create a community and a commitment and restore the priesthood of the believer. To take people that wanted more, to give them more, and to prepare them for what I believe this time in history. And in doing so, regain the world-shaking influence the early church had. We believe the church age is still in effect. The fire still falls. The day of Pentecost has not ended the Porch is a outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., org, Florida non-for-profit, as I mentioned. If you have any questions, go to onsolomonsporch.org, use the contact button, or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio and contact us there. You can also find ways to support us. We appreciate each and every one of you that do. We're thankful. We are excited. We are expecting about 2020 what the Lord is going to do. So thank you, and if you'd like to do so, go there. We've got some plans and some things we've talked about. What I'm going to do now is I've got to shift this around. I didn't have time to cut and paste. I'm just going to go straight to um, Praise Reports, Prayer Request. We'll do the shofar, and then I'll start to share some stuff with you. So the reason we start out with Praise Reports first We learned this from the home church we had in Tallahassee. You enter his presence with thanksgiving. You enter his presence with praise. You enter his presence with magnifying him. Then, after having done that, then you can offer him your prayers and your petitions. So, of course, I praise the Lord for my salvation. Without that, I'm not here doing this. I don't know where I'd be or even if I'd be alive. Um, I'm thankful for that because in the process I have a family, I have my wife, I have my sons, daughter-in-laws, uh, the grandson, I have this home, I have the furry kids that we have and everything that he's given me. He's given me a ministry to work for for him. I praise him for that. In doing so, there's protection offered to those that serve him and believe in him. If you look at Psalm 91 closely, you'll see that. Praise Him for the dreams and the visions and the things that He shares with us, and He's been sharing in great detail. When I took December and January off to just pray and do these Bible studies, I, first of all, I didn't believe it would go past December. Here we are at the end of January, and I'm not sure yet when I'm going to come out of this. I'm hoping I do soon, because I've got other things that I would like to do, but obviously He's got me doing this. But in the process, there's been a lot of revelation. A lot of insights, a lot of things he's been showing me. So I praise him for that. Praise him for the revelation and the favor and the fact that I'm a new creation living in these prophetic times able to be used by him. Praise him for living in America while everything's not perfect compared to other places in the world. It's the best place to be. I'm thankful that we can do this, that we can talk like this, that we can get together when those opportunities arise without fear of reprisal or attack. I praise him for the signs that we're seeing every day, that he's getting ready to come back, and I sincerely believe that he is. So my praise is that we're getting ready. But that also leads us into prayer because there's so many things happening right now in the Middle East, uh, Israel, Jerusalem, and politics, and all these things We've got to start with Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And I love the Lord, therefore I love Jerusalem. I love his children. I love my Jewish brothers and sisters, um, as well as my, I guess, non-Jewish brothers and sisters. I don't know how much I go for the whole Christian thing anymore. I just believe we're all supposed to be believers in Yeshua. He didn't come to start a new religion; came to fulfill an old one. But be that as it may, that's that's my take on it. But I'm, I'm active in prayer, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, and most of the day. I've asked you to, tithe your time in prayer, and truthfully, if you were able to, ten percent for life, ninety percent for him, would really be the better deal. But I pray. I pray for the fatherless. I pray for the widows. I pray for the innocents, the victims of injustice. We live in an unjust world. We live in an evil world. We live in a fallen world under the control of Hasatan and the fallen and their demonic offspring. Therefore, they are going to be victims. We must stand in the gap for them. We must pray for them. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, both um, human and animal. We've, we've just reached a point of evil, and violence, and bloodshed, that if you don't believe the enemy is roaring and destroying, you're, you're missing the obvious. And then I pray against sex trafficking, human trafficking, and the victims of it, and I read their stories, and I read their testimonies, and and I see how brave they are to share that, but I wonder what is in their minds, what's in their memories, what's in their hearts, what has been projected upon them spiritually. Has that been dealt with? So I pray for them. I intercede for them, and I ask you to do the same. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith in Jesus of Nazareth. We are blessed to live in a country that we're not subject to that. Oh, we get harassed, and we we get called names and, and other things, but you're not walking outside with the fear that somebody's going to kill you because you're a believer in Jesus of Nazareth. Religious persecution and anti-Semitism, every day it's in the news and it gets worse. First John 4, the end of verse 3, tells us the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and is already in the world at this time. Well, it's obvious that the spirit of the Antichrist has grown bolder and is preparing for its personal unveiling. And that means we must prepare to stand in the gap and stand harder and pray more. I pray for each and every one of us to have divine wholeness, health, and continued healing to get back to our divine design. I pray healing for the sick right now in heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. I pray for your protection, each and every one of us, under that Psalm 91 covering I talked about. I pray that we'd have the inspiration. Sometimes it's tough. You're weary. You're worn out. You just want it to be over. If you feel that way, you're not alone. Forgive me, that may happen a lot. I'm dealing with some sinus problems. So I pray that you would be inspired. (laughs) I <laughs> pray that you would be inspired and know that you're not alone. I pray that those that have been blessed would be a blessing. We need them. We need them here. We need to be able to bless others. We need to create a conduit to get blessings out there to people that need food, shelter, and clothing, that need help. SRT needs your help. The porch, firefall. We want to get this documentary done. Not we want to. We're going to. It's going to happen. It's going to be finished. We need your prayer and and your support to do that. I want each and every one of us, one of us, to prosper in accordance with his word for the purpose of his kingdom. So I pray that he would open the conduits of his blessings to each and every one of us and to fund everything that we've shared and everything that we need to do. Continue to pray as i've asked before. Um, it seems that the enemy has used the legal system to attack, harass, and hold back blessings. So we we need some divine favor. We do, um, my son Jesse and his wife do, things that are going on that the enemy has triggered, that we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and what has been ordained is ours, is ours, and must come to us. And if he steals it, he's got to return it sevenfold. So I'm asking you to join with us in prayer that that would be done. It would be off... um, limits off the table and we can get on with things. And of course, we pray for lost family members. Um, Stacy in Texas, very busy right now. Shot a message out. that said, all is well. says, I'm thinking of everyone and praying. Came in Fort Mitchell. says, I'm thankful for my salvation, my sobriety, my children, my husband, um, she said, there is this bittersweet aftertaste in the air. I hold my children a little co- closer and kiss them a little longer. These say, sometimes he reminds us that this is not our home and that we're not in control when our time is up. She says, I don't want to deal on this helicopter crash, And I'm assuming she's referring to the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash, But it shocks my heart. And all I could think of was I hope all of them were saved or had enough time to call upon his name. The only name that matters, Jesus I'm praying for all the families left behind. I'm praying for their hearts to heal and for comfort and acceptance. I'm praying for Christians all over the world, especially in Africa right now, as well as the earthquakes and fires. The earth is shaking even in places uncommon for this to happen. I'm praying for my family and the porch families. Father, please please protect us from the enemy day and night, awake or asleep. Heal our battle wounds. Help us to get up when we fall. Guide us until... All this is over. Father, I'm praying for our animals' possessions, praying for financial stability, and for a clear sign about a change of jobs for me, and praying for my husband and mother's soul in Jesus' name. So, Lord, you're not surprised by anything. You live outside of time. You've seen the end from the beginning. But we live this day-to-day, 24 hours at a time. And our trust is in you, so right now we just trust you. We want you to know that we trust you and that we praise you and you are a great and wonderful Father. You are our Abba, our Papa. That's how we see you and that's how we have relationship with you through the blood of your Son, Yeshua, who died for our sins so that we could come home and uh, have a relationship with you. As a child of a broken family whose father walked out when I was six, having a relationship with you from the moment I got saved was my priority and the first thing that the Lord personally at that moment did for me when he walked me into the throne room. You are everything to us. So we praise you and we love you. We can't even imagine how it felt to send your son to die for us and then to watch what your humanity did to him and felt it in your heart. And Lord, I can't imagine what you felt when you let them do what you did that they did to you. They tore you apart. They bled you out. They nailed you to wood and hung you up in the air for everyone to see. You were lifted up, and you have drawn all men, all people to you. But what a horrible, horrible way to have to do it. But thank you that you paid that price for us. Thank you for the love that it took to do that. Thank you for the love that you give us right now as you sit at the right hand of the Father in fullness and power, and you allow us to sit with you in the heavenly places. We thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to guide us and to encourage us and to teach us. And that's what we're asking for tonight. We're asking for revelation. We're asking for inspiration. We're asking for illumination of all these things that that you share in your word, protection from the enemy and the the fallen, Um, healing and financial blessings and everything we need to serve you without distraction from this world. We want to be free of Egypt once and for all. So we thank you right now. We ask you to bless us, bless this technology. Let there be no interruptions. Let your word go forth in the way that you desire it. And I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Questions are proprietary information, except where noted. The information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive; cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So I thank you for bearing with me. But like I said, he made some changes. Oh, with about a minute to go before I had to click the on button. And go on the air, so I couldn't cut and paste and move everything around, so if I mess up, bear with me. But normally I start out with what's going on in the world and some things for you to keep your eye on, and then he spoke into my spirit and said this needs to lead into what you're going to say. So I want to start out with the scripture, Matthew twenty four verses four through eight. And this is Yeshua speaking to the disciples when they say, What is the sign of your coming? He says, Take heed, no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. And you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places, and these are the beginning of the sorrows. I believe that's where we are right now. We're in the beginning of the SARS. We've been there, but as I was sharing with Larry, a fellow member of SRT today, that when we quote the scripture, what we're seeing right now is all of those things happening simultaneously. And one of the first things that jumps out is this Wuhan virus that came out of China last week, and its origins are suspect. There is There are two biological warfare labs in Wuhan. Supposedly, this has come out of it. How it came out of it, no one knows. It could have been an accident. It could have been released intentionally to shut down the democracy protest. Be, it, be that as it may, it has been released. It was released in a city of 11 million people. And by the time they quarantined the city, 5 million of them had already gotten out. They had fled because they heard, or they were out for the Chinese New Year. As of today, the reported death toll is 132, with 6,078 confirmed cases in China. According to Professor Liu, a large number of invisible, affected people continue to exist, and that's the biggest threat for us right now because of everyone got out. Wuhan should not be underestimated. It could mutate into a more dangerous form. It's mostly in China, but also in 17 other countries, such as Thailand, Japan, South Korea, Australia, Finland, and the United States. The CDC laboratory in the United States is the only laboratory that can test for this new virus. On uh, Tuesday, it announced that it had its first case of the Wuhan coronavirus in a 30-year-old man in Washington state. He had recently returned from Wuhan. But then the South China Morning Post says something different. And I'm sharing this with you because if we're going to be the awakened remnant, we must understand what's going on. We must understand what's happening naturally and spiritually. We can't get so fixated on the natural politics and media and all that stuff that we miss the other realm that's happening at the same time. Well, according to the South China Post... The University of Hong Kong Academics on Monday estimated that the number of patients in Wuhan is not 6,078. It's 43,590. And that includes those in the incubation stage of the virus, which causes pneumonia. The lead researcher and dean for the University of Hong Kong's uh, Faculty of Medicine, Gabriel Luong, said his team estimated there were 25,630 patients showing symptoms in Wuhan, and that number would double in 6.2 days, according to the mathematical modeling based on infection figures worldwide as of Saturday. What this reveals is a desperate effort to cover up the true numbers in the light of the world about a deadly dangerous pandemic. Why is this happening now? Lots of things. It's not the time to go into it. Something for you to think about, but definitely to pray about and to make sure that you do what's necessary to protect you and yours, especially if you're traveling through airports. We're living in times that the remnant need to be awake we're seeing earthquakes in unusual places. We know that Puerto Rico has been rocking and rolling for a while. We also know that the other day there was a 6.7 or 6.8 in Turkey. Well, that's an area that usually has earthquakes, but it was pretty devastating. Well, two days ago, well, yesterday, there was a 7.7 earthquake in the Caribbean region between Cuba and Jamaica, which followed with a series of strong aftershocks that struck, shook a large stretch all the way up to Florida. A building was evacuated in Miami, down and over to Mexico. There was no damage or casualties. But then yesterday, the Cayman Islands had a 6.1 earthquake with 13 aftershocks, at a 4.1 or 4.4 magnitude in 24 hours. The world is shaking. It's groaning for the return of the king. I watch these things. I post them on social media. Uh, SRT has a Facebook page and, on, and a Twitter and uh, an Instagram. And I tend to post them there. And, of course, then they wind up on, on my social media accounts if you want to keep track of what I'm saying about this stuff. And then today we heard about, today or yesterday, um, the Middle East peace plan offered by President Trump. I'm not going to go into that. Too much time, too much um, information, a lot of different viewpoints. The only thing I can think of is First Thessalonians 5, 3, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. There'll be no peace until the Prince of Peace returns, and all of this is a prelude to the revealing of the Antichrist and everything that happens during that time. But are you awake? Are you prepared that if something were to pop off and the Lord needs you to go do something, he needs you to pray, he needs you to witness, he needs you to whatever he's going to call you to do, are you remnant ready? See, that's what this is about. I'm not here to tickle your ears or to regale you with what I know or what I don't know or, or whatever. That's not that's not my purpose. I'm not one of those people. I see them. I've, I've met them. I've actually spent some time with them. I call them eggheads. They're caught up in their knowledge. I knowledge is fine, but the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit and getting people saved, healed, and delivered is really what it's all about. Because, as I said, I'm talking to the remnant. I'm talking about awakening the remnant. I'm talking about preparing the remnant for these times and to be remnant ready. And you know what struck me today as I was working on this? I should actually be teaching about the church because what I'm talking about is the book of Acts Church and what they were like, but instead I'm speaking to the remnant because the church itself is so far off and caught up in so many other things, caught up in the dog and pony show, caught up in the, uh, the name it and claim it prosperity and living lifestyles of the rich and famous that doesn't line up with the Word of God. Oh yes, I pray for the blessings, I pray for the finances. Larry and I are praying for some pretty substantial numbers that are exclusively to fuel and the, the vision, to f- to fuel the machine that has been built over 30 years of being saved and over the last uh, 12 years of SRT and all the ministry, all the different things that we've done. And here we are with the porch and firefall and all the dreams and the visions, and it's going to take his money to do it, and it's all going to go into the kingdom, training people, taking care of people, creating safe havens, schools of the Spirit, places to teach the teachers. That's what Pastor Shelley will do. Begin to, to prepare people, an active spiritual warfare, not necessarily doing what we do and going confronting the enemy face to face, though that may be somebody's call, but to be able to do it from where you are, for us to be able to join together, to get it right, to make straight the highway. The Lord is coming back. See, I believe that's what Paul was doing. I, I believe all the disciples were totally pre- preparing the book of Acts, church, for the return of the Lord. It wasn't about building buildings. It wasn't about building denominations or creating schisms and all these. No, they had one goal in mind, and you see it in the Word. Much of what we see today and call church has little to nothing to do with the Bible or with the Lord. We may have slapped his name on it, sometimes in some big gaudy letters. We may have done all this and we say it's in his name, but that is not the model. What we see today is a model of paganism. It's a model of the Greek theater, oratorial structure. The Book of Acts Church wouldn't know what to do today. The Book of Acts Church, the teachers, even the great men and women of the early church I wonder if they would have crowds follow them. They wouldn't have the right speech patterns. They wouldn't they wouldn't say the right things. They wouldn't look even the right way. They may stutter. They may be short. They may be unattractive. But that's where the miracles would be. That's where the signs and wonders would be. So in Ephesians 1, that's where I'm getting ready to go to. As I told you, just before I came on the air, everything went out the window, so I'm hoping I can pull this all together. But the Apostle Paul was praying that all believers would progress toward a maturity in their walk and appreciate the greatness and the power of their salvation. Do you understand the power of being a new creation? And do you understand how you hinder yourself when you keep comparing yourself to before? When you speak things over yourself that was the other you? The power of your salvation. And the power that we assume and is demonstrated both in and through spirit-filled believers. You can't do anything I'm sharing If you are not filled with the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, you just can't do it. If you know about SRT, our motto is supernatural problems need a supernatural solution. Well, that's really the Christian walk. We're talking about supernatural problems in a fallen world, and we're trying to fix them through non-supernatural solutions. That's not going to work. We need... To get back to basics. So I'm going to pick it up, Ephesians 1, verse 17. And he's praying. He said that the God of our Lord, Jesus the Messiah, Adonai ha- Yeshua HaMashiach, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? We're talking about that dunamis, which he worked in Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you know, that you know what is the hope of his calling. The riches of his glory, of his inheritance In the saints. In the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. In the working of his power in us who believed. Does that sound like a non-spiritual, psychological, um, fleshly thing? No, it's supernatural. The remnant must be naturally supernatural. And it must always be there. you must always be on. You don't have time to stop well, I need to stop and pray and I need to I need to stir things up and and what's that scripture again? No, if you're going to walk in it, then you need to live it. The wisdom and the revelation, and I'm not talking about revelation knowledge. I'm not talking about the, the that, but what I'm talking about is, is a practical wisdom that are workable principles from within the Word. And the revelation is that clear perception to apply the understanding of that wisdom. And that comes through study. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. If you don't listen to what I'm saying, if you don't read it while I'm saying it, and then if you don't speak it either now or later, it doesn't get in there. Begin to read the word out loud. Begin to speak it over yourself. Begin to speak it to your situation. Speak to things not as they are, but as they should be. And that's not like, you know, uh, Cinderella where the, the pumpkin becomes a coach. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you have a situation where the enemy's in control. Instead of cursing the situation or cursing the enemy, begin to speak to that situation within the parameters of the word. Because the Holy Spirit, the one that's walking with you and the one that's in you, is going to be the divine supernatural source of that wisdom and that revelation. How can you do that if you are not actively engaged with him? If he's not actively a part of your life? In the And in the heavenly places is both the throne room, of course, we know that's where he sits, but when he sits there, he sits above all, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and if you've heard me speak or teach or read the supernatural battle, you know I'm talking about the heavenlies, that atmospheric invisible realm above us in between us. And the angelic realm, which is then in between us, the angelic realm, and the throne room. There is this whole other realm going on around us. Sometimes we see it manifested in the natural. Sometimes we see it in people's faces when they um, commit crimes or they're angry and their eyes change or their behavior is just inhuman. We see it a lot lately. Because what that does is that reminds us, we don't belong here. This is not our home. This is not the way this was supposed to be. We, have, we are living in a world that has been taken over by a terrorist army, by an insurrection army. And although we've been given back the authority to exist outside of their power and their influence, we still live in a fallen world. But his authority, his name, supersedes every known power that we can think of. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, Ephesians 6.12. Maybe you need to remind yourself of that every day before you leave the safety of your home. Because I hear from you and I see the things that are posted on social media especially the ones that I know are listening or, or have been a part of my teachings or the seminars, and I, and I wonder, was anybody paying attention? Or the, or the people that have read the book, they'll come back and they'll ask me a question, and I'm like, did you actually read the book? we got to get back to basics on this. That principality and power and might and dominion of the ruling authorities satan the other generals the other fallen angels the uh the the offspring of the watchers that are in the pit because of what they did in genesis 6 the disembodied spirits of the of the neph- nephilim that were killed in the flood and if the whole world was covered they probably number in the millions there's this whole other world going on around us The New Testament talks about it repeatedly, an invisible hierarchy of evil powers who wish to deceive, destroy, manipulate humans, human behavior, to advance their strategies, to advance their plans. I I used to say this a lot on Reflections in the Dark. I would not be surprised if many of the entertainment studios and companies and big media companies have a fallen angel or two in human form running things. And I'm not joking. Because the, the perverseness and the debauchery and the indoctrination and where they're taking this seems very well coordinated, seems very planned out. They have an agenda. They're fulfilling it. They are manipulating society, they are manipulating the media, they are manipulating politics, they're manipulating education. They have placed themselves in positions of power over decades, maybe years, maybe centuries, to get to the point in history that at the unveiling of the Antichrist, they would be in control. That's not fantasy That's the reality of what we're seeing if we're paying attention. But we've been given an authority over these powers, a warfare that we can assert to demonstrate his authority in a fallen world and to sustain us in the kingdom of God. Now, this may be drier than normal. This may not be what you want to hear, but... Between the pestilence, between the earthquakes, between the unrest in politics in America, between the potential for where things are going, for the the stuff that's on your TV and on your internet, what your children are being taught in schools, it's time to wake up. It's time for the church to take their proverbial thumbs out of their mouth, stop being babies, and start understanding we are in a life-and-death struggle in which we've been given the outcome. We know we win. We have to play it out. It's like a football game. Well, you know what the final score is going to be, but you still have to get on the field. You still have to take the snaps. You still have to run the plays. You may get tackled. You may get hurt, but you're going to win. Play it out. But Paul understood the first fragile nature of who we are because he understood his fragile nature. He had no illusions about who he was. I would suspect that Paul would never have put his name on a ministry or a flyer or anything to draw attention to himself. In fact, he went out of his way to do just the opposite, Ephesians 3, starting with verse 8, though I am the least deserving of all God's people. He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Messiah. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Look at the, verse 10 of Ephesians 3. L- listen to that again. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your physical capabilities are. But in you and through you, God's purpose was to use you, the church, to display his wisdom in its rich variety To all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. That's what the church was all about. And it's no wonder Satan and the deceiving spirits wanted to get us to think of a building as the church instead of ourselves. To put the focus on the external and to diminish the internal. Because what he's done through us... Has made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, principalities and powers, in the heavenly spirit, to the full sphere, to the of the fullness of His grace, His love and His mercy, and His power. I mean, think about it: the creative power of the universe, He gave to us and put inside of us. He spoke the angels into existence. He formed. And personally created each and every one of us. So what does that mean? That you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And this your spirit should know well. So why aren't we doing that? What happened? Where did we go wrong? Well, it's easy. The enemy understood what we were being taught better than we were he understood that he could not allow us to manifest exactly what we were being told so he had to corrupt the system he had to corrupt the transmission if we were if this was a transmission or a computer he had to corrupt the data he couldn't wipe it out completely because that would be too obvious so he had to put viruses and things inside of it so that it didn't do what it was supposed to do or in the process destroyed the hard drive, us holding the information. And as I said, the first thing was to make us think that a church was a building when it was us. Wherever two or more gather, there also is he. He's in the midst of us. Churches and thousands of people. No, those are in thousands of individual believers who are the church coming together in fellowship. But you know what? No matter how many times... I share that and other people share it, no matter how many books are written about that. It's so ingrained in people's thinking and in their foundational thinking. It's so ingrained in their information that they can't let go of it. And they wonder why they're so ineffective. 1 Timothy 4.1, but the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares... That in the latter times, some will turn away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach. The Holy Spirit was speaking prophecy. He was speaking prophetically. The latter times. A period in between what? The first coming and the second coming. Folks, that's the latter times. Stop letting people convince you, oh, yeah. The, this is the latter rain this is the latter times god's doing a new thing no he's not he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do and that period of time began during the first from the first coming to the second coming there it is the day of pentecost that's when it began the spirit was given we've been in it and so what the enemy do he convinced people to depart from the faith Apostasy, back away from the essential doctrines of being a believer in Jesus of Nazareth. False teachers, teaching doctrines inspired by Satan, leave careless, fleshly, vain leaders astray for personal gain. They were doing it right away. There were people preaching the gospel for personal gain. Paul and Peter and James and John were fighting against them from day one, 2,000 years later. Oh, my goodness, it's so much worse. But the Lord knew that. He knew that religious spirit and what it would do. He said it to the Pharisees in John 8:44. You are your father, the devil, and it's your will to practice the lust and gratifying desires, which is characteristics of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him, for he is a liar himself and the father of lies and all that is false. Any and all false teaching is satanic. How someone who's born again can do that, I don't know. I've stopped trying to figure that out. If the Holy Spirit's inside of you, and he's the Spirit of truth, then that should be revealed to you. But I know a number of people who claim to be born again, Spirit-filled, that have believed the lie. Jump with me to 1 John chapter 4, starting verse 1. Hopefully you got a Bible or an app or something open and you're really doing this. This whole section is about discerning false prophets, of which there are so many right now. And I see well-meaning people, people I know that love the Lord, post teachings and comments from teachers that are so false and so far off and so new age and and. I just sit there and I shake my head and I pray for them. I try not to get frustrated or angry. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. I saw a video the other day. I couldn't just interject this. I saw a video somebody asked me to watch. Supposedly it was very edifying and uplifting and prophetic videos. So I finally broke down and I watched it. And this man was one of those teachers that every two seconds went, and the Spirit of the Lord is saying to me to tell you. And he did that like every every third sentence. After a while, I began to realize it wasn't the Spirit of the Lord speaking, it was him, because his prophecies and what the Lord was saying was so generic, anybody could grasp it. Now, I'm not saying that what he was saying at times wasn't biblical and scriptural, but he just kept. He had to keep reminding you that what he was telling you was coming from the Holy Spirit. And if you have to do that, what you are subconsciously telling me is that it's not. So don't believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God. For many false prophets in the world, this is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledged that Jesus the Messiah came in a real body... That person has the Spirit of God, but if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Yeshua, that person is not from God. Such a person has the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and is indeed already here, but you belong to God, dear children. You already have won a victory of those people because the Spirit who lives in you is greater than the Spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to this world, so they speak from a world's viewpoint. And the world listens to them, but we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. We can't be gullible. Just generic believers can't be gullible. You know how dangerous It is for someone of the remnant to be that easily fooled that we just indiscriminately accept pronouncements of supposed prophets who claim to be speaking from God with divine authority under divine inspiration under the unction of God. Every spirit must be tested what they say must line up with the word. If it doesn't line up with the word, it's error and it must be rejected. This is how cults are formed. This is how heretical teachers be, become popular. They claim to be speaking for God when in actuality the spirit that speaking through them is from someplace else. I saw a post on Twitter of a preacher, a bishop of some denomination who obviously does not like President Trump, and that's fine. That's his prerogative. But the way he voiced his displeasure and the words he used were pretty foul. They were pretty ugly. They were pretty hateful. And um, yeah, I did. I did. I did point that out to him. But we can't be so gullible that everybody who says they serve God, we believe they do, that everyone's speaking from the If somebody comes to you and say I have a word for you from the Lord, you accept it. You place it in the back of your head. Maybe you write it down. And then you wait for two people that know nothing about what was said to you to come and confirm that exact word, not the generic version of the word, but that exact word. Then you'll have been confirmed by two or three witnesses. Don't be so gullible. You have a helper. You have the Holy Spirit, John fifteen twenty six. When the helper comes, who I'll send you from the Father, the spirit of what? Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. What does that mean? This comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby, the one who runs alongside of you, cheering you on whom is sent to you from the Father by the Lord, the Spirit of truth who literally emanates from the Father himself, will testify regarding the Lord, what he said, what he did, what he taught. John 16, 14, and he will glorify the Lord, and he will take what the Lord owns, what the Lord said, what the Lord has done, and declare it to you. Transmit it to you. Speak it to you. And one of the things, I can't believe I'm almost out of time already. Um, one of the things that I believe the Holy Spirit will convict us of the spirit of truth is that worldliness is not godliness. We have to reject the things of the world. And I'm not telling you sell all your your, your clothes and your technology in your home and go live in the wilderness. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you have what you need, that you need what you have, not want, but you need what you have, but you're not so caught up in the world or pleasing the world or living as the world tells you to live, that you lose your godliness, you lose your righteousness, you lose your close proximity to him. Because that's where this is going. Because if we're going to be this awakened remnant, which I believe you've been called to be, then the world has got to be detestable to you. And the only place you feel comfortable is in the presence of the Lord. In his presence, through the Holy Spirit. And that means anywhere, anytime, no matter where you are. Titus chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. He's talking about the Spirit. He's trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world, awaiting and looking for the fulfillment, the realization of our blessed hope, even the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love or cherish the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh craving for sensual gratification, the lust of the eyes, greeting longings of the mind and the pride of life, assurances in one's own resources or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father but are the world itself, which means it's from Satan. And the world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden cravings, the passionate desires, the lust of it. But he or she who does the will of God and carries out his purposes in their life abides remains forever remember we talked about Habakkuk a couple of weeks ago he, the Lord gave him hinds feet to climb the hills to get higher to change his perspective, to change his viewpoint That's what we are doing. We are changing our viewpoint. We're changing our perspective. And in the process, we're shaking off the things of the world. We're shaking off the curses and the things spoken over us. We're shaking off the the mistakes in teaching and learning and, and preconceived notions. We're shaking off anything and everything that doesn't further the kingdom or help us in our walk. That's my desire for you. That's why I do this week after week and spend this time with you. So, Father... I'm asking you to bless this word. I'm asking you to take what has been said here tonight and put it and burn it into their hearts, minds, souls, and spirit that you, Holy Spirit, would begin to explain explain, and bring illumination, shine the light on whatever it is they need to grasp so that they can be who they've been called to be in your kingdom. Let your spirit Flow through them right now. Burn off of them anything and everything that ties them to this world, to a false teaching, to a false teacher, or anything anywhere at any time that interferes with your word and your will for them. Set them free of whatever bondage. Set them free of the thoughts, the confusion, whatever's been put into their head. Right now, let the spirit of truth just wave over them, Lord like like a a fresh breeze but in the process just cleanse them sterilize them transform them transform their mind their heart their soul and their spirit let them understand that they are fearfully and wonderfully made let them walk in that walk in close proximity to you like like little children reaching up their hands saying pick me up or grabbing your hand saying i want to hold you i want to touch you i want to i want to be close to you I want to wrap my arms around your neck. Let this world and the things of this world become so distasteful and so ugly that it would have no power over them. Speak to them, Holy Spirit. Some of them are afraid. They're afraid. They're embarrassed. They don't feel worthy. Speak to them. Show them. Tell them whether in dreams and visions or the audible voice of God, how precious they are in your sight and how wonderful they are to you. I pray each and every one of us would fulfill our calling, that each and every one of us would come to know you, that the eyes of our enlightenment would be expanded, that your wisdom, your revelation, everything we need to understand, starting at the cross, to the empty tomb, to the upper room, to your return, would be in us and available to us. And I pray that when we speak, it would be love and light, the light of the Lord, not some generic new age worldly light, but the light of illumination of the spirit of truth of the living God. Let us be useful to you at this time. Let us come together as a family, as a body, as the church to do what you wanted us to do and set aside all those things that hinder us. We believe you, Lord. We trust in you. We thank you with all of our heart, mind, soul, body, and spirit. We thank you and we remain ready. We stand at ready to be used by you. And if you agree with me, say in Jesus' name, Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Thank you. Tyra Matthew here. A lot has changed since we brought the championship home to KC. How we binge watch, birthday celebrations, even team meetings. Some changes good, some not so good. Like when your internet bill goes up. Times are tough, and that's why I teamed up with Consolidated Communications to tell you about that internet price lock that you can count on for two years. So now you don't have to worry about your internet bill going up. Because some things should never change. Visit consolidated.com slash two-year lock for details. Service not available in all areas. Terms and conditions apply. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.